Thank you for tuning into the Debbie Devotional Podcast, a monthly show focusing on Debbie prospects, strategies, and incoming rookies. Now here's your host. Welcome back to the Debbie Devotional, where we stay devoted to Debbie. I'm your host, Dynasty Coach A. As always, I'm joined by Aaron Wilcox. And tonight we're going to be covering the 2025 draft class, or the 25 running backs, I should say. Uh, Unfortunately, I had to cut time off because I have another uh, pod to join a little bit later. But we're going to split into two pods. We're going to do the running backs tonight, and then we're going to do the QBs and the wide receivers another night, uh, probably in two weeks, unless I can convince Aaron to do it a little sooner. But speaking of Aaron, how are you doing tonight, buddy? I'm doing well. You know how we all get excited for incoming rookies into the NFL? Well, that's how I sometimes get about these incoming freshmen. So very excited for tonight. Happy to be back with you. Absolutely. I think, you know, like you said, it's very exciting. We, we get excited about rookies and our rookie drafts and, and dynasty and because we think that we can take advantage of values. And that's exactly what we're doing here. We're trying to uh, we're trying to project these players and see if we can take advantage of values because right now you can get them very late or very cheap or or whatever it may be. And if you are in early, then you're going to be able to you know bank on that and uh, and then you know you can turn that whether it's C to C, Debbie or whatever it may be, you're able to turn that into you know the NFL side and you know and then obviously score a bunch of points, win win a lot of shifts. So. That is our goal tonight. That's why we are talking about 2025, whether you are a Debbie player or not. I still think it's important. We just talked about it last time with the 2024 class, you know, how we're starting to get into trading for those picks. And maybe we're not quite there with the 2025 class yet, but it's not going to be that long before we start thinking about it. And, you know, you might even have some people in your leagues already starting to say, hey, you know, why don't you throw me that 2025 draft uh, draft pick and, and, and things like that. So, uh, it's always good to have an idea of what's going on, but let's go ahead and dive right in. I believe there is a clear-cut number one here. I don't know how you feel about the the top tier, if it's a one-player tier or uh, or multiple players here, but I have one in my tier one. How do you feel about that? I'm fine with it. That seems on point with what the community has as a somewhat of a consensus right now, but I wouldn't say everybody has just the one guy but go ahead and give us your number one here john so the the reason why i have nicholas singleton as my own you know my clear-cut number one is there's no one else like he is going to be the starter for penn state and so i think it's just he's a a top tier guy five-star running back six foot 210 you know like quality size and no one in front of him. So he's going to start right away. Uh, we're excited about a QB that we'll talk about on the next show. Um, I think the offense can grow because I feel like the offense has been hindered a little bit by the, the QB play. And so even though as much as I love Jahan Dotson and, you know, even getting in some of the other players, I believe that the offense can grow and get better. And, and that's why, you know, when you, when you start talking about that, that kind of stuff, then it really makes sense why Singleton would be the number one. Um, the only question I really have about him, and, and you can talk about, you know, whether you have the same fears or, or whatever, is I'm not sure, 100% sure that he's a true pass catcher um, or, or like a great receiver. Um, 
And, I mean, obviously he's a five-star back, so maybe I'm wrong about that, but I don't know that he really has that part in his high school game, you know, that I was looking at. And so it could be something that they bring out of him, but I don't know that I actually saw it in high school. Yes, and that's a very valid concern. And I also share that opinion, though there are reports out there as people who say that he can catch the ball well. And just because he hasn't, I suppose we can't rule him out as being a competent pass catcher. But I do see that in his film that he's kind of a limited player, insanely athletic. So, I mean, you love that. And he dominated in high school. It was, it was a lower level of competition, so he should. Um, a guy of his athleticism should be dominating for sure. Um, but at the end of the day, the guy has athleticism, the size adjusted athleticism that is similar to maybe a Jonathan Taylor. And that's going to stick out to NFL teams. And, you know, that Penn State can pump out NFL caliber running backs. Like you said, competition wise, they're not the greatest right now. I, I will caution people. I mean, they, they have another uh, incoming freshman who is pretty well ranked in this class. I, don't really love him, but who knows what the Penn State staff is going to think. Maybe they'll split time a little bit more than what we anticipate. But, I mean, Singleton is the superior athlete. He needs to develop. I mean, he's a guy who they just tossed him the ball, and he was going out there on sweeps on, you know, outside runs. I I don't want to say, like, every highlight was that, but it's like 90% of his highlights. There's all these outside runs, and he needs to figure out how to run inside um, and I think he'll be able to do that. I'm not counting him out by any means. He is my running back one in this class, but I have a couple of other guys I'm comfortable having in the same tier as him. So that's just one difference that I have compared to some in the community, I guess. Yeah. And, and I think everything that you said, and, and you, you know, like I said, he doesn't necessarily have that passing or, or the receiving part to the game a hundred percent there. Um, and so it all makes sense. But I think the fact that he's the clear-cut guy, I mean, maybe like you said, maybe there's another guy, like maybe he's not the clear-cut guy. I think he is. But um, I think the next two players that maybe you would have in the same tier, I don't think have a shot at, at being the starter. Maybe one of them does, or you know, maybe it could be you know a little bit later on in the season, that kind of thing. And that's why I feel like I feel like you know he, uh, um, Singleton is going to start day one. And then, you know, the other guys probably aren't. And that's kind of why I feel, you know, the way I feel about having him there in the tier one, it's probably nitpicking more than anything else, but I do have him as my RB one. But who do you have as your RB two there? And and, uh, do you have him in the same tier or are you uh, separating a tier there? Yeah. So, I mean, you outlined some great reasons for why he has the weakest competition to beat out amongst any of these top running backs. And Branson Robinson is who I have at number two, Georgia. And I actually had him number one for a little while there, but I've thought about it more and more. And it's like Singleton has the edge as far as like top end speed. He has the edge uh, competition wise. And as much as Georgia has traditionally put out really great backs, it seems like a lot of us in the Debbie C2C community maybe are forgetting, I guess, about how many great running backs have come out because lately we have what Zamir White and James Cook, and we're not super excited about those guys, but traditionally Georgia's an amazing running back landing spot. So I am all aboard the Branson Robinson train. I mean, this, this guy in high school, either as a sophomore or junior, he was just jacked and he's a four, four guy. Uh, he hit 20.5 miles per hour in high school. He's got a 40 inch vert. 
and he's doing all that at 220 pounds. And he also shows that lateral agility and some of that elusiveness that we want to see. I mean, he's not just this plodding back um, who just relies on athleticism and just being bigger than his high school competition. So he's very good recruits in this class. I'm very high on him being able to wrestle that job or at least a significant role year one. And that may be why I have him in the same tier as Singleton. Um, but yeah, I think he's super talented and I'm excited about him this year. Yeah. And I have the next two guys basically tied. Um, so I, I technically put Jaden blue over him, but I really, honestly, I fought back and forth. I went back and forth like multiple times on it. So I really can't blame you either way. Um, it's, it's really tough. Honestly, it's very tough. I, I think I probably should go off what, what I was saying with Singleton. I think Branson will start before Jaden will. And so, you know, if that's the case, then why wouldn't I have him at two? And so I'm like kind of changing my rank as I'm thinking about it right now. But my only concern was just from looking at the stats. You know me, I don't, I don't do film. Strictly looking at the stats, I saw he was a 4-4-9 player. And I didn't truly believe it. Um, now you've watched the film. I don't know if you. I mean, it sounded like you did. Like you believed he. The athleticism was there. I believe the burst is there. I believe you know. You see the vertical. He squats six hundred and twenty pounds. Like the dude's a freaking beast. I believe the burst is there. I don't know if the top end speed is there, and that's where I wonder a little bit about Branson. Uh, just and once again, this is strictly from looking at the stats. I could be very wrong. They're high school stats, but I just I love everything about him. Size, you know, like he has everything you want in a workhorse back. He does not have much of a receiving profile, and in fact, I'd really say the top three guys don't have much of a receiving profile, honestly. And so you're kind of nitpicking between the three uh, because none of them really have that, but they kind of all have that that uh explosive nature to the game or whatever but do, uh, you know going back to the question do you really truly believe he is a 449 guy or, or do you think you know especially if he starts adding a little bit of weight that maybe he'll slow down a little bit yeah at, at this rate i don't really see him having to add weight since his body's already so well developed so he's already at 220 if he gains five pounds i'm sure he'll be able to match that with some of the training that these collegiate athletes um, have access to so as he further develops into that body, I'm not really concerned about him being slower than a, a four, five, eight. You know, I mean, like in the lower four or fives. So I don't think he's a four, six guy. I don't think he's sluggish at all. I think that your concerns or at least expectations in the four fours. I mean, I don't think that we should expect that out of him. Like you said, it's not like he was ripping off huge plays every single time he had the ball in his hand. Uh, but he does have the burst, and that's a little bit more important to me. And we've seen that in the NFL is having the burst. At least you're explosive uh, yep. versus always having the home run speed. A lot of the top guys don't necessarily have that. So um, I think that that's a good reason just to have him behind uh, Singleton, that's for sure. And I can transition into blue if you'd like because he's my RB3 in this class. I do think it's somewhat close with Robinson there. And those who are just going to go off of star rankings are going to be like, well, Jaden Blue's not even like a, you know, the number two, number three running back in this class based on the recruiting services. And that's just because he sat out a senior high school season. I mean, he yeah. had insane sophomore junior production in Texas and he just fell down. He was ranked as the RB1 in the class and then he fell down because he just didn't play. He opted to sit out 
uh, his option probably works in his favor. Um, he knew that he was set at Texas. He's going to be the heir apparent to Bijan, though they do have a talented running back room. So to assume that he's going to be maybe the level of player Bijan is as far as commanding uh, share the offense, I'm not sure if we can exactly expect that for Blue, but that Texas team should be potent. And I think that Blue has pretty good speed. He's hit 21 miles per hour in high school. And I don't think he's going to be a 4-4 guy either, though. I think he's going to be in the 4-5s. Really? Yeah, if I'm being honest. He got he got caught behind a lot in high school. Um, but one of the things with that is, was he really trying? You know, was he letting up at the end because he knew yeah. he had the touchdown? And I think that happened. But no, he doesn't flash that crazy speed, uh, though he was a great producer. So he's a smooth player. He's pretty bursty, and he's got a lot of the skills you want to see from a running back. Um, and Jalen Blue, I mean, he might be in the role of Javante uh, uh, Williams, uh, Dobbins, uh, Josh Jacobs, Brees Hall. You know, some of these guys who are really quite good, maybe not truly these elite talents, um, athleticism-wise. They're not Saquon Barkley's. Um, guys like that but he still could be an excellent running back yeah like i said i've gone back and forth on the two i think you've kind of convinced me here to to move branson ahead of him especially you know being that you've watched the film and and you do believe he has the speed that was my biggest question with branson was does he have that speed um like I said, the receiving abilities are kind of a secondary thing but it's ex- exactly the same thing with Jaden. i don't think he had um, I guess he had a little bit more of a receiving game, I, I believe, than, uh, than than Branson did. And so maybe that's why I ended up putting him ahead there. Um, I also, I think, you know, when you're looking at the stats, differentiating between burst and speed can be difficult sometimes. And I don't even know that I truly care which one he has because I do believe he has that burst at the very least that can get you, you know, look at an Alvin Kamara, look at a Javante Williams. They're not fast guys yet they have insane, or maybe not insane, but they have very good burst, and they're able to get big chunk plays because of that. That could be a Jaden Blue thing. Maybe he's running a 4-5, but you know, with, you know, maybe he has a, an insane amount of, of burst, and he's able to go get you a 25-yard play on the regular, and that's why I saw maybe a little more excitement. You know, you know I love to use the exciting <laughs> phrase there. Uh, I saw a little more excitement with Jaden Blue, and that's why I ended up putting him over there. But, I, man, it's really hard not to love Princeton Robinson. It's, it really is. Yeah, it's just 2A, 2B type of deal. Um, they're, they're so good. So both of them are very skilled players. And I think Jaden Blue is a wonderfully well-rounded uh, athlete and running back. He's very nuanced at the position. And there's no doubt in my mind that um, he deserves – to be a top three back in this class um, based on our rankings at this point. Yeah, and that was the end of the tier for me. So um, I, I, I guess I believe that you had them kind of all in tier one. Uh, I had it split into tier one for Singleton and then tier two for those two. And then getting into tier three, I have uh, two more players. Uh, what about you? How many have in tier three there? So I have an additional four players. Ooh. I think I had five just until maybe a week or so ago. So yeah, I'm I'm interested to see who you're who you're liking here, John. <laughs> All right, so we'll jump right in. Uh, Jamarian Miller out of Alabama is my next player. 
uh, four-star prospect, 5'10", 195, a little small. But I think, you know, I, I, I know you've talked in the past about, you know, you easily believe somebody, especially like 5'10", 5'11", 6 foot, whatever, can add 15 pounds. Like that's a, a, a reasonable expectation out of players. And so if he's 195, we can see a 5'10", 210. That's a pretty good size. You know, maybe it's not like true workhorse size that we're looking for, but it's good enough. It's not a James Cook. You know, it's it's not it's not a player like that. So, uh, add in Alabama, add in he's probably the best receiving back in the in this class. Honestly, um, just dude is a receiver. <laughs> like he, he, he might actually, they, I think they're actually talking about possibly playing him at receiver a little bit this year, uh, for Alabama. So, uh, the other thing is he might actually be the fastest player, at least of the players that we've talked about so far. And so I think, you know, you add all that together with Alabama and next thing you know, he's my RB four. Now, like I said, he's a teardrop below. We know Gibbs is there. There's some other players there. I think they had a transfer come in. Um, he's not guaranteed anything, uh, you know, especially year one. It's Alabama. There's there's the pros and the cons with Alabama, you know. So I think while I love the player, I love the prospects of the player. That doesn't mean he's going to gain value or or do anything like that this year. And so that's why I, I you know I dropped him down a tier for that reason. Hey, it can take two or three four years sometimes for these Alabama backs to truly break out. So that's valid. I also have him in this tier. So I'll, I'll talk about him for sure. And I do think that his weight has been updated to uh, 201 pounds. So that's a little bit even more promising. Uh, but yeah, yeah like I said, he's, he's a great producer from high school and he was a great receiving back. I would say, yeah, I, I guess I won't go too in depth about like how he earned his receptions. Just saying like, he's not necessarily this, wide receiver guy who's lining up outside all the time. I mean, he's very cap capable of um, being a receiving back. It's just not necessarily like the game breaking um, ability there, but again, he's competent and he's also very competent as a inside runner too. He's a no nonsense guy. He can run through an arm tackle. He can get around a guy with a, with a nice move or a cut and he can transition into being a downhill runner and churn out some yards. So, I don't have too many concerns with him. His athleticism is good. You know, he hit 21 miles per hour. He ran a 4-4 in high school. He had a good 100-yard dash time. So his athleticism kind of checks those boxes. I don't think he's quite the athlete of a singleton, to be honest. But uh, Miller is still in a very good class as far as athletes in this running back class. So he is a good guy to have in this next year. Yeah, the the next player I actually had above Jamarian for a while, and then I was looking at things again today, preparing for the pod, and I just I really fell in love with Jamarian Miller, <laughs> like I really did, and so I ended up moving him ahead. I uh, I also kind of started worrying a little bit about Trevante Citizen's athleticism. Um, I don't know that he's going to be an athletic back, and I don't believe that he had much of a receiving game either and then you add in the fact that he's going to miami that's not exactly rbu you know uh, so i just i just wonder if it's going to be you know if it's it's going to be this amazing thing where you know he ends up as a, like a early second round pick in, in the nfl draft or, or anything like that i feel like whether it might take a little bit longer for miller to 
be justified at that pick. I, I still feel like Miller will be the better pick when it's all said and done, you know, but maybe you can take advantage of trade values and stuff like that in the meantime. But how do you feel about citizen? Did you end up, I'm guessing or thinking that you had him above Miller there. Yeah, I had him just above there and same tier as you, all that. He was one that I've just been hearing consent. I wouldn't even say consensus, but quite a few prominent analysts have him tier one. And I just, don't quite see it. I definitely see a guy who's still developing as a running back and he has a good frame, six foot, 217 pounds. So Trevante citizen definitely could be a feature back. Like you said, maybe the landing spot isn't the best. He'll eventually get an opportunity there and I think he'll make the most of it, but he seemed to lose a lot of momentum when he changed directions. And I thought he did improve on that a little bit though, the senior year. So he was a bit more bursty, a little bit, faster he shows some development so i'm not willing to say that this guy i don't know i'm still willing to say that he is a good back to be honest i i do like him and he ran track but he wasn't really like this great sprinter at all he was more in the mid distance events and that was kind of surprising to me um but that i won't rule him out as far as being maybe a four or five guy uh but he certainly could be a bit slower than that he hit 21 miles per hour in high school but if he continues to bulk up, who knows? Um, because like you said, he's not really a burner. And I don't know, I could compare him to Kendall Milton in some ways. I think he plays somewhat similar to him. And, you know, we've seen Milton for a couple different reasons struggle. Not saying that Trevante Citizen will, but I don't he's not really a guy who I expect to take over as the RB one right away when he steps on campus. So might take a bit of time with Citizen. But still very very much a guy with upside. It makes a lot of sense uh, with that comp because I'm not a big Mil- Milton fan. So <laughs> I'm also not the biggest Citizen fan. Uh, you know, I, I, I might have even downplayed the the receiving a little bit. Like he he caught 15, res- or he had 15 receptions in 34 games in high school. Um, in his senior season, now it was a shortened season, I'm guessing for injury. I, I don't know that to be a fact, but he had two receptions for two yards. So... I don't think he's going to be a, a receiver, you know, at the next level and then throw in Miami and everything else that you said. And I just, it's, it's difficult for me to see him as a top tier guy. And like, you know, at the very least now, obviously I have him here at what four. Like I'm not saying he's bad by any means. I think he's a very good running back. I do have concerns. I have even more concerns than, than those top tier guys. And that's why I have him here in the second tier. And that's another reason why, like I said, I, I kind of fell in love with Miller and I, and I dropped Citizen a little bit more because it's like, man, he just has more question marks. Right. He is a bit more of a projection, but at the same time, that upside is just so tantalizing. He's already at feature back size and maybe just waiting one year and he's unleashed as the feature back there. It's still um, pretty tempting upside wise. So while I agree that he's in the second tier, He's a guy who could easily rise into that first just once he proves it a little bit more at the on the college level. Now, I will say, to be fair, he kind of is on that Braylon Allen trajectory, uh, playing linebacker in high school. So maybe that's why the receiving game wasn't there. It doesn't mean necessarily that he can't do it, but we just haven't seen it really. And so, you know, like I, I'd like to... I just like I'd like to see it before I do it, and that's tough with with guys like this because you kind of have to project. But when people are putting him into tier one already, 
and I have these question marks, I'm fine letting people take him and I'll go get the other guys, you know, and that's kind of always been my way, whether it's dynasty Debbie or whatever else. And so like, yeah, you take citizen in, in tier one, that's perfectly fine. I'm going to go ahead and get these other guys and, and possibly get them a, at a value. And, and that's just how I feel. And maybe I won't ever have any citizen, but you know, I'll probably be okay with it too. Yeah. And in seven on seven drills, I've seen some clips of him actually lining up as a receiver practicing as a receiver but it's just a totally different thing when you're out there in the game do nfl teams actually trust you to do that because we've seen guys like i can't remember if it was like aj Dillon or somebody like that in some practices lining up outside like he's going to play receiver but they're not really going to be deployed that way so just we'll have to wait and see with him absolutely now you said you had two more guys in this tier um I'm guessing or hoping that they're in my next tier here, but uh, I why don't you go ahead and give us your third guy there? I have Andrew Paul, Georgia. So I have another Georgia running back. And, wow. Yeah, and I can see from that reaction you're you're a bit surprised. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, I I will say there's a very large tier that I have for tier four, uh, which is where. I, I have here uh, Paul here and I have five running backs in the tier. So, you know, like I, I guess I have him here at the bottom because of my love for Branson. But to your point, Georgia doesn't always just give the rock to one person, you know, to one player. And so, you know, like it, there's no guarantee that's just going to be Branson. In fact, I would probably guarantee you that it's not just going to be Branson. So <laughs> what do you love about the guy? Yeah, no, I mean, I just, I love how much he rose his senior year. I, I just get giddy talking about this guy. And the ranking services are not going to accurately reflect uh, to the level that he's developed. So, yeah, he's still a mid-three-star recruit if you're going off the ranking services. But, man, his senior year was dominant against uh, good Texas high school defenses. He had, what, 2,000-plus rushing yards? No, no what was it, 200-plus rushing yards per game. He had 41 rushing touchdowns as a senior. The guy was a beast, and he's hit that 21 miles per hour mark. So there's there's just no issues with his speed or burst. And he's elusive. He's juking guy, shaking him off, just outrunning everybody. And he uses his momentum well, so contact balance, um, able to drive the pile. And why we care about that is just because these guys are going to be able to churn out yards in the NFL too. They're not just, you hit him and he falls down. So I think he could be an extremely good player. And I think that he could be like a Zach Evans type of guy. And we've seen Zach Evans, for example, not really get that huge volume, but we still love him as a prospect. And we've seen in the past Georgia be able to um, allocate carries and touches to these different backs. Like this year we had Samir White and, James Cook both get pretty decent draft capital landing spots opportunities um, as far as we can anticipate and they were not you know nearly the prospects well yeah we can debate that later but I'm just saying that those guys were not like these great prospects so maybe some more talented guys like Paul Branson Robinson could bring us back to the Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb days when those two were in the backfield or maybe when um, DeAndre Swift was still getting touches when Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb were still on the field. Like those types of things have happened all the time at Georgia. And it's kind of undeniable the amount of talent that they bring in. So it really, um, 
resonated with me that Georgia went hard after this guy, after he was doing these things um, his senior year. Yeah, and I'm guessing his offense in high school didn't really throw to the running back all that often. Um, or if they did, they had a, a different receiving back. I, that part I definitely do not know. But when he did catch the ball, he did a lot with it. Um, in his senior year, he averaged 14.9 yards per reception. Um, you know, compared to some of these other guys that we've already talked about, you know, we're getting like seven or eight yards per reception. Uh, and, and so, like, he only had 14 receptions in 13 games. It's not like it's not like he was this huge receiving back or anything. Like, like I said, I don't know if that's because of the offense or if there was a different uh, running back in play, but he had 2,600 yards. So I don't know how many other running backs they could have possibly had um, unless they were just running, you know, nonstop, not to mention the 41 touchdowns like you already touched on. So I do, I do like the player. I, I think, maybe I had a little bit of Branson bias. <laughs> so I, I lowered him down a little bit more, but I think you're kind of convincing me here with, you know, it's, it's Georgia. Like there's definitely no guarantees uh, that anyone's going to be that workhorse. And, you know, like I said, if anything, we, we might even assume that they're not going to be. Yeah. And I think just you use the word assume there. And I think <laughs> oftentimes we assume, okay, Branson's the higher rated guy. He's the guy that Georgia was after for years. Well, that we shouldn't automatically assume that he is 100% better than Paul. He might be a little bit better as far as going back to his junior year of high school. But if Paul is peaking now, there's a chance that he could be better than Branson, honestly. And I know that's kind of crazy, but Andrew Paul's 5'11", 220. I mean, he's, he's just as much of a workhorse size as Branson. He might not have the quads, right? He might not have that, that picture that Branson has handling the football <laughs> in, in a tank top where he's just just buff and yeah anyways um <laughs> if he doesn't squat 620 i don't care i just don't care <laughs> right, right. we don't care <laughs> no so i think andrew paul could certainly um it's in his possible outcomes for him to actually outproduce branson and we don't know what's going to happen injury wise so i'm not going to bank on that but we just need to know that great landing spot great talent i'm going to chase that and you can get paul pretty cheap so even though i have him ranked at number six overall doesn't mean I have to take him there. I could easily take him a little bit later in drafts and feel comfortable with that. So that's another thing I take into consideration uh, when I am ranking these guys don't have to necessarily take them super early. Yeah. And that's, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, just like me, you know, a lot of people are probably going to fall in love with Branson and then you get Paul a little bit later. And, and like you said, maybe he ends up being the one when it's all said and done. Now the player, like I said, it's a big tier. Uh, you know, and, and I I rank them, but I hate ranking them because honestly, I, I had a lot of difficulty doing that um, in this tier. But the next player, I feel like might be a little crazy. I I don't <laughs> I don't know how you feel about him, but there's a little bit of a bloodline there. There's a little bit of uh, you know you got some SEC football going on. Trevor Etienne for me is my next player. I really do believe, I feel like a lot of people are assuming, once again, that Montreal Johnson is going to take over that job and, and just be the starter, but there's not that many other running backs in, in front, excuse me, in front of ETN. We, we have the bloodline with his brother, you know, being what we're assuming is a great running back, and um, he's, you know, he's a four-star prospect, he has good size, he showed receiving ability in, in, um, in his freshman season in high school. Things got a little dicey after that, but I mean, I feel like if you can show it in freshman year, then you can probably do it. And then 
you know, I just I don't think it's impossible for him to see the field, even if he isn't like the true starter. And that's why I don't have him in like a top tier or anything. But how do you feel about uh, Trevor Etienne here? Yeah, so I, I like Trevor Etienne. I might not like him to the same extent that you do. Um, I did have some questions about the speed. So I know he's related to Travis Etienne, but he doesn't necessarily have that same athleticism. So I don't know. I said I'd be surprised if he runs faster than a 4.5. You can still be a very viable back at 4.5, and he does have the size. So Etienne's in my next tier. He's in that tier three. Um, I do have him inside my top 20, but I'm not quite as high as you are. Um, I just thought that his ceiling was potentially a bit limited. Um, I didn't see him quite as dynamic as some of these other players when it's all said and done. But, I mean, he can make a cut. He has a little bit of contact balance to his game. So I don't think that he's necessarily a plotter. And that system could be very nice as far as either deploying multiple running backs or uh, promoting the most talented guy. So I think... ETN's probably more talented than some of the other backs there, but they they have a lot of talent in Florida. To be honest, it, it's a little bit perplexing, like where some of these guys are going to fall. There's just that uncertainty. So I like that you can get ETN pretty late in drafts, and like you said, he's a guy who has a lot of upside. Yeah, I think I, I don't know. I, I feel like everyone's assuming or, or guaranteeing that uh, Montreal Johnson's just going to take over. And like, I like Johnson and what he did, but it was a small school. Um, you know, we don't know that it's tr- fully going to translate. And I know there's some other players like what Debarcus Bowman and, and and maybe even I'm sure some other players. But I mean, Bowman already switched transfer schools. He didn't do anything last year. Like at this point, we might just have to assume he's a bust. I know. I think he was a five star prospect, but I mean. Come on! At what point, like, do you just go, okay, guys? Like, dude can't even get on the field. Uh, you know, maybe it's it's off the field. I I don't really know, but uh, I just I don't know. It just it feels a little more open than some other backfields, and that's why I moved him up to the spot. But that doesn't, like I said, I'm not going to argue about any of these guys. Like, if you go, if you say that the the bottom tier guy, like Andrew Paul, was my bottom the bottom of the tier. If you say he's the number one, I'm really not going to fight you on it. Yeah, and that's fair. I, I do think that new coaching staff there, I'm not sure how much they have tied to ETN as far as you know, are they truly loyal to him? Is he the guy that they want? I don't know. Uh, Montreal Johnson is the guy that the coaching staff wants because they followed right over to Florida. So I think that there's some ambiguity what the coaching staff thinks of all these backs. And so far, they've been pretty complimentary. I mean, I think positive praise out of most of the players in the spring from Florida and ETN has not been there yet. He's not an early enrollee uh, that I've seen, or if he was, nobody's been talking about him. So uh, just maybe a bit of a slower learning curve, but I think eventually it could be a nice fit for the system. So um, I I can mention my other guy. The only other guy I still have actually my tier two is Emmanuel Henderson going to Alabama. Oh, yeah. Wow. Six one, two hundred pounds, and it's, I see that you're a little bit surprised there. But honestly, the fact that he's up to two hundred pounds really makes it. Because if he's one eighty five, it's a different story. So that's that's all right. So I have him listed as one eighty five. I I looked at multiple reports and and things trying to make sure that he hadn't gained weight since he you know enrolled or or whatever. And all I saw was one eighty five. So if you're seeing two hundred, that's a pretty big difference because i have him all the way down at my tier six 
you know, throw in everything between Jameer Gibbs and, uh, and some of these other players that were, you know, from in the 2024 class and, and when is he going to see the field? We were just talking about Jamari Miller, not possibly seeing the field for two or three years. So when the hell is Emmanuel Henderson going to see the field? And, you know, that's why I have him so much lower. Um, but that doesn't mean, I mean, he is a very good prospect, but the size has really scared the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah, and that's fair. And it could be one of those cases where we see reports. I, I can't remember if it was a camp report or what. And it's not officially updated on the sites from my, you know, last time I checked. So, like you said, you're probably not finding that on ESPN, on 24-7, whatever sites you go to for size. But that's just what I heard. And that's very promising. So, even if he's only like 190, 192 something like that. He still has that room to put on 15 pounds, get up to over 200 and he's going into that Bama system. So I think we had the same conversation last week when we were talking about some of the receivers at Alabama. And sometimes, even if you don't think he's the guy, like you're like, "Eh, I like these other guys more. There's just a chance that Alabama is able to develop him or maybe they really trust him. Something else happens injury wise. It's, it's just such a great school at, at producing NFL talent. And we know this guy has good speed and burst and he dominated. I know it was at a lower level of competition in a small school, but he was very good in high school and he's not fully developed, but what better place to go to than Alabama to, be- to develop. Um, he doesn't have to play right away and he can get eased in. He can play returner, um, just get his feet wet. So I think that some of the competition is going to uh, fade out of Alabama the next one to two years. So there's potential that he could step up probably not this year, but maybe the next year. So I don't like him as much as our, our guy, Jamorian Miller, but Henderson, again, similar to the Andrew Paul versus Branson Robinson, maybe Henderson's that same deal of, you know, we don't have him quite as high, but he could always leapfrog Jamorian Miller, depending on how these collegiate careers uh, play out. Exactly. I, I, like I said, I have him a lot lower, but, um, you know, I'm going to do a little more research on him and find out if he gained that weight. Cause that would make a, a huge difference. I just, I mean, we've gone back and forth and, and talked in DMS about, you know, these guys just can't do it at 185, 190. And, you know, even if you give them that extra 15 pounds at 185, you're hoping for 200. Now, if he's already 200, it's a little different. And so that's when, you know, things will change. Now, we're kind of running out of time. This is my fault. I double booked the night. Um, so I let's let's run through a, a few more of, of, of our guys. Uh, I believe you're in Tier 3. I'm in Tier 4 over here. Um, the rest of the guys in my Tier 4 are Javante Burns out of Oklahoma. Oklahoma Barnes. Javante Barnes out of Oklahoma. Uh, Justin Williams Thomas out of Tennessee. And Kinshawn is it Quinshawn or Kinshawn Judkins out of Ole Miss? Um, that's the rest of my tier four. How do you feel about those guys and my way off here? <laughs> uh, great names right there. I, I also have those guys in this range. Justin Williams was my next guy, actually. And at Tennessee, I think he's just that next feature back, or at least he has that opportunity, the size, the ability. I think we probably should consider George Petaway UNC in there. I know he's a bit undersized. That's probably the biggest knock on him, but maybe he can become like a Michael Carter in that system. But then he also has another incoming back to compete against a Marion Hampton UNC, who was very impressive. He's six foot, 215. He's actually one of the guys I'm much higher on than consensus. I guess it's myself and 
like Felix Sharp and maybe one other guy in the community that <laughs> still really likes him are in Hampton, and that's because um, he wasn't clocked in at over 20 miles per hour, uh, but he reportedly ran a, a 4.4. So, I mean, if he's a 4.4 or maybe let's just say like he's a high 4.5 guy at 215 pounds at UNC, um, there's not much competition there long-term other than George Petaway, who is undersized. So I think yep. Hampton could be a stud there. Could be the next Javante Williams coming out of that school. And honestly, he has some stylistic similarities, and he's super ripped. I mean, in eighth grade, he was deadlifting 585 pounds, I heard. If that's Jeez. true, that's insane. He doesn't get the credit uh, that he deserves, in my opinion. So I, I guess we could end with him. I really like Hampton uh, out of UNC, at least compared to consensus. Yeah, and, and with Petaway, honestly, I really think it, it, it's just the size, you know, once again. And maybe we're going to see a Michael Carter and uh, Javante Williams thing all over again with uh, with Petaway and Amari in there because, you know, I, I do think that Petaway is explosive. He has, you know, he's a quality receiver. It's just going to be the size for me, and that's why I have him there. I have him in Tier 5. Um, Justin Williams. I the, like my biggest note on him was that the only two running backs that are really ahead of him right now are Jabari Small and Jalen Wright. And Jabari is my RB fifty overall, and Jalen Wright's my RB sixty seven overall. So I, I feel like there's not a lot of competition there. And so you know, with Justin Williams Thomas, he definitely has the chance to be the guy now, or at least very soon. Um, Javante Barnes, it. Like, I cannot find a lot of stats for him. I just, for whatever reason, like, there's no stats for him out there. I checked multiple sites. I mean, I, I looked at everything, and there's really nothing. But he's six foot, 203 pounds already. And honestly, there's not, once again, there's not a lot of competition. He could be the lead back as far as next year. Not, or I'm sorry, 2023, not, not this season. But going forward, there's not a lot of competition. And everything I've seen scouting-wise, as far as, like, film analysis and all that, says he has good vision, good receiving ability, and like four or five speed. So, you know, that's why I have him here in that t- uh, tier four. And then um, I I still have no idea how Quinshawn, Keenshawn, Judkins, Ole Miss, um, not the greatest prospect, three-star prospect, but he has decent size, 5'11", 200, great receiving profile. And honestly, like once again, a chance to be the, uh, the lead back in 2023. So, that's you'll kind of notice like a pattern there. Like these guys aren't going to be studs this year, I don't think. Maybe Justin Williams Thomas, maybe. But give it a year, and all of a sudden people are going to be like, "Oh, this guy's stepping up," and you're already going to have him on your team. Yeah, I I think that's very fair. And you know, I was talking about a couple of UNC guys there. Just uh, make sure uh, I want to try to get Amirian Hampton maybe in one draft this this off season, so to give. The listeners, a couple other names to kind of throw them off my scent. Uh, Jordan James, Oregon back. He has future back size. Um, Ramon Brown, Maryland. I know Austin, Debbie Dietz at Campus to Canton. He likes Ramon Brown. Those are uh, my next Le'Veon. two. Okay, there you go. Le'Veon Moss, Texas A&M. I'm not the biggest fan of him. I, I think he's a little bit plotting, but he's the RB5 in the class for the composite and 24-7, and he's going to Texas A&M. So, um, I think he's going to at least have some Debbie value. I don't know. He might take the same routes as Isaiah Spiller, though, and not get good draft capital. So those are just some other names for people to consider. Literally the next three players on my list, um, I, I'm not overly excited about any one of them. 
But I do think that, especially in a C2C league, they're players that you should have on your team. Um, probably not players that you should have on your Debbie squad. But, you know, that's okay. They're players to keep in mind for the future. And like I said, if you're not a Debbie player, these are players to keep in the mind in your mind. Or just know their name for the, the future. You know, when you go, wait a second. I remember on Debbie Devotional, they were talking about Ramon Brown, you know. And so I'm going to draft him. Um I'm sorry for cutting this short. Maybe the the last few names kind of felt rushed, and I apologize for that. But I hope you enjoyed uh, the 2025 running back draft class talk. We're going to get into the QBs and the wide receivers in a couple weeks. We've done a lot of research on these players. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of projecting. But once again, you know, we're doing this to help you, to help us. We have a C2C draft that we're going to be starting next week, and then we're actually going to be covering that Maybe not live. That would be kind of cool. We could do it live. but uh, We're not going to be covering it live, but we will be covering it shortly after we do the draft. And I'm sure there's a lot that we can learn. You can learn. Everyone can learn from from that draft. It's going to be an auction draft. And we're the fun part, I don't know how, uh, how common this is, but we're actually drafting our campus side from the, uh, the Canton side of the auction so i don't know if i said that right but (laughs) it's gonna be fun we're gonna choose our draft slot for the campus side from the canton side um and so i I definitely like that kind of uh you know like a different uh, different way of doing it yeah no i I think it's been really cool and to clarify on that a little bit too for the people scratching their heads like what uh in the auction we can nominate who wants the college 101 to draft from that slot so I mean, if you want the shot at, let's say, drafting a Bijan, drafting a Travion Henderson, or whoever you have one-on-one on the college side, you might want to actually pay up. But the interesting part is, I mean, if you pay zero, you'll just end up with, you know, maybe one of the later picks. You don't have to pay anything to just, you know, grab the, you know, one exactly. and There's, one turn. So there, there is some strategy involved because you can just wait. You're guaranteed a pick you're going to have a pick. So it's not like, oh, I'm going to miss out on a pick if I don't do this. So there's some strategy involved. You can go get your Bijan, you know, or, or not Bijan, I'm sorry, but you can go get whoever, and the, or you can go, you know, get, uh, you know, you can just be like, hey, you know, whatever, I'll go get this Canton side, I'll dominate on that side, and then, you know, I'll end up with whoever, it's still a good class. Yeah, I mean, you could easily end up with, you know, Nicholas Singleton at 112 and, uh I don't know, probably not Gibbs, but somebody like Zach Evans, maybe at 201 or something like that, just have a powerhouse of running back. So it will be very interesting to share that with the listeners here. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Aaron, for, for joining us once again. I'm, I love the, the new rotation we're doing with the monocle next week and then uh, Debbie devotional in two weeks. If we can stick to that, that'll you know, at least through the off season, that's awesome. Um, I know it's a lot of work for Aaron. He's very busy. I'm very busy, but it's a lot of fun. We enjoy it. I have to get going. I have a, another pod starting right now. So we're going to go ahead and get out of here, but we will see you next time with the QBs and the wide receivers. See you guys. 